1: Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton.
2: Bible says God takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked. God loves us. He doesn't want to see anyone destroyed by their sin. He sent His Son, Jesus Christ, into the world to die on the cross to save us from our sin. And here God says, "Oh Israel, you're destroyed. You've destroyed yourself. It's self-inflicted. But your help, your help is from me.
1: God is never pleased in the destruction of his own creation. He doesn't take pleasure in punishing the wicked, but rather in showing mercy to those who would turn to him. In today's message, Pastor Dan shows us how gracious God is and how he loves his children, even when Israel had turned its back on God and was spiritually dead. He reminded them that they could still turn to Him, just like when we were lost in our sins, He sent Jesus to rescue us from the path of destruction we were on. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Hosea chapter 13 for today's edition of Ring of Truth.
2: Isaiah 13, John 14 is where we're going to be. Let me pray for us as we get into the word. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for just the, the richness of your word. Lord, we ask that your Holy Spirit would be our teacher. We ask, Lord, that your spirit would open our eyes and our ears and our hearts to your word. We pray and ask, Lord, that you would, you would just give us understanding and application. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So just as a reminder, Hosea was a prophet to the northern kingdom of Israel. He ministered for about 45 years, beginning in about 755 B.C. to 710 B.C. Hosea witnessed the conquest of the northern kingdom by the Assyrians in 722 B.C. Hosea witnessed the death of his nation. The book of Hosea has given us kind of a spiritual autopsy of the nation that we've studied through. And this spiritual autopsy helps us to understand and determine the cause of death of the nation of Israel. Verse 1 of chapter 13. It says, when Ephraim spoke trembling, he exalted himself in Israel But when he offended, and that's offended the Lord, when he offended through Baal worship, he died. Israel was once a respected nation. It was once a feared nation. It was once exalted in the world among the nations. When Ephraim spoke, other nations trembled. But when Israel offended the Lord... Through Baal worship, he died. When the nation honored God, they were exalted. They prospered. They were feared in the world. But when Israel forsook God and his commands and turned to other gods, Israel died. Turning away from the Lord killed the nation of Israel. And what does it mean that Israel died? Well, if you think back to the book of Genesis... When God created Adam and Eve and God told Adam not to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And God said to Adam, in the day that you eat of it, you will surely die. And when Adam ate of the tree, he immediately experienced spiritual death. And then at a later time, Adam experienced physical death. And so there was a period of time in Adam's life where he was dead spiritually, but physically alive. And then he eventually died physically. And the same thing happens to a nation that turns away from God. A nation that turns away from God will experience spiritual death first. And then that nation eventually dies physically. And vanishes off the world stage. Israel died spiritually when they turned from God and began to trust in things that, that weren't really God's at all. Israel experienced spiritual death. And Israel existed for many years as a nation where they were spiritually dead but physically alive. They still existed physically as a nation but they were spiritually dead. And then eventually Israel died physically also. And so Israel experienced spiritual death and then at a later time, physical death. When a nation dies, it typically does not die, you know, in one sudden moment. It dies by degrees. It dies by degrees. It dies in stages over a period of time. The nation breaks down bit by bit, beginning with spiritual death. When that nation turns away from God and His commands, and then over time in that nation, things begin to fail. To use the analogy of the human body, it's as if one organ after another in the body begins to fail and begins to shut down until so many organs in the body have shut down that the body cannot survive any longer and it dies and that's how it goes in a nation also that's what happened in israel spiritual death that eventually led to physical death i believe that's what we see happening in our own nation our nation began with a reverence for god and his commandments our nation had a consciousness of god that's not to say that everyone in our nation was a you know bible believing born-again Christian, but that just our nation had a consciousness of God and a reverence for God and a reverence for His commands. But in the last 50 or 60 years, our nation has turned away from God and turned away from His commands and turned away from His standards. And our nation has become increasingly secularized. And we're experiencing death by degrees. Spiritual death that leads to physical death eventually. And things in society are beginning to fail. This is why it's important for you and for me, for us to pray for our nation to turn back to God. To pray for revival in our nation, because just as God can make a person who is spiritually dead in their sins alive again, he can make a nation alive. He can revive a nation. Look at verse 2. And I want you to note in verse 2 the progression here. This is what happens in a nation. First, Israel turned away from God and began to trust other gods. That resulted in spiritual death. The spiritual death of the nation. And now verse 2. They sin more and more. Once the nation turned away from God and his commands, sin increased more and more. There's a direct correlation here. There's a direct correlation. Now they send more and more and have made for themselves molded images, idols of their silver, according to their skill. All of it's the work of craftsmen. And they say of them, of their idols, let the men who sacrifice kiss the calves. (laughs) Get this, people in Israel were required to kiss the calves. The golden calves that they worshipped, that they set up in Bethel and Dan, every citizen was required to kiss the calves, to show their allegiance, their loyalty to the golden calf publicly. It's similar to the golden image that King Nebuchadnezzar made in Daniel chapter 3, where everyone was required by the government to bow down and worship the image, to publicly declare their allegiance to the image and to King Nebuchadnezzar. And those who didn't bow down, And worship, they were cast into the fiery furnace. The whole nation bowed down. And there were three, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who refused to bow down. It's also similar to the mark of the beast. that The Antichrist will use during the tribulation period. Revelation chapter 13 says, during the tribulation, the Antichrist will force people to receive a mark on their right hand or their forehead in order to participate in the economy. To buy or sell anything. A person who refuses to get the mark. Will not be allowed to participate in the economy. Will not be allowed to buy things or sell things. Or work. Now the church will be raptured to heaven before the tribulation begins. So we don't have to really worry about the mark of the beast. But in Hosea's day. In Israel. People were required to kiss the calves. To make a public Homage to the golden calf. In 1 Kings chapter 19. Elijah the prophet has kind of a pity party for himself. And he tells God I'm the only one left in all of Israel. Everyone has forsaken you. I'm the only one who's remained faithful to you Lord. And in 1 Kings chapter 19 verse 18. God says to Elijah. I reserve 7,000 in Israel. All whose knees have not bowed down to Baal. And whose mouths have not. Kissed him. Elijah, you may feel alone, you may feel like you're the only one left, but you're not alone. God says, I have a remnant of 7,000 faithful that have not bowed the knee to Baal and they've not kissed him. I've got this small remnant that have not publicly declared allegiance to Baal like everyone else has. They haven't given in to public pressure, they've stayed faithful to me. This is what was happening in Israel in Hosea's day. You had to publicly identify with the golden calf.
1: You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment. But first, here's a word from Pastor Dan.
2: It's my privilege to share the Word of God with you through our radio ministry, Ring of Truth. Thank you for tuning in each day. Hey, I would love to hear from you. Will you take a moment to email me to tell me how these daily studies have ministered to you? I want to hear your story. You can email me through our website at calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Thanks,
1: Pastor Dan. Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth.
2: Verse 3 says... Therefore, they shall be like the morning cloud and like the early dew that passes away, like chaff blown off from a threshing floor and like smoke from a chimney. And notice the word therefore. Again, this is a progression of what happens in the nation. Because the nation of Israel turned from the Lord in his commands, the nation died spiritually. Because the nation was spiritually dead, sin increased more and more. In the nation and eventually Israel will just vanish away as a nation like smoke from a chimney. This is the progression that happened in the nation. Now look at verse four. Yet I am the Lord your God ever since the land of Egypt and you shall know no God but me for there is no savior besides me when God saved them out of the land of Egypt, he reminds them here, he takes them back. When he saved them out of the land of Egypt, you remember the story, he took them to Mount Sinai, and there God made a covenant with Israel in Exodus chapter 20. And in that covenant, God said in Exodus chapter 20, he said, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them for I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God. This was the first of the Ten Commandments. This was the first commandment in the covenant. The covenant that takes place at Mount Sinai is very much like a marriage covenant. This is where God enters into this relationship with Israel, this covenant and the first commandment. The first requirement of the relationship is you shall have no other gods before me. And here God reminds them of that back when he brought them out of Egypt and he made this covenant with them. They shall have no other gods before me. And Israel broke the covenant. In Hosea's time, Israel had stopped trusting the Lord. Instead, they were looking to other gods and other nations to save them. And God reminds them There is no Savior besides me. (laughs) They're, they're, They're looking to Assyria, they're looking to Egypt, they're trusting in these idols that they've created with their own hands. And God reminds them here listen, there is no Savior besides me. In Isaiah 43, verse 11, the Lord says, I, even I, am the Lord, and apart from me, there is no Savior. I have revealed and saved and proclaimed I and not some foreign God among you. You weren't delivered out of Egypt by some foreign God. It was me. You are my witnesses, declares the Lord, that I am God, yes, and from ancient days I am He. No one can deliver out of my hand. When I act, who can reverse it? The Lord God has already demonstrated that He's able to save when He saved them out of their slavery. In Egypt, and he reminds them, There is no other Savior. There's no other Savior besides me. You know, in the New Testament, in Acts chapter 4, verse 12, we're told, Salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Speaking of Jesus Christ, Jesus is the only Savior. Jesus said, No one comes to the Father but through me. He's the only way, He's the only Savior. It's foolish to put your hope and trust in something else other than Jesus to save you. Because he is the only savior. In verse 5, it goes on. The Lord speaking, he says, I knew you in the wilderness and the land of great drought. When they had pasture, speaking of Israel, when they had pasture, they were filled. They were filled and their heart was exalted. Therefore." They forgot me. When they were filled, when their heart was exalted. They forgot God. You know, in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 10 to 12, God warned Israel before he even brought them into the promised land, saying, When the Lord your God brings you into the land, he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you a land with large, flourishing cities you did not build, and houses filled with all kinds of good things you did not provide, wells you did not dig, and vineyards and olive groves you did not plant, then when you eat and are satisfied, be careful that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. Israel's prosperity brought pride and forgetfulness. You know, prosperity can be the greatest threat to our faithfulness to God. It can be a threat to your faithfulness and my faithfulness. When we have an abundance of things, when we have an abundance of stuff and no worries in the world, we can forget God. You know, there's a very challenging prayer in the Proverbs, in Proverbs 30. Listen to what it says. The writer of Proverbs prays, Give me neither poverty nor riches. But give me only my daily bread. Otherwise, I may have too much and disown you. And say, who is the Lord? Or I may become poor and steal and so dishonor the name of my God. The writer of Proverbs says to the Lord, Lord, just give me just enough that I don't forget about you. You know, just give me my daily bread. Don't give me so much that I disown you. Don't give me so little that I... Do something stupid. Just give me enough. Just enough. So I can stay faithful to you and connected to you. So verse 11. Verse 11, the Lord says, so. Because of everything he just said. So. I will be to them like a lion. Like a leopard by the road, I will lurk. I will meet them like a bear deprived of her cubs. I will tear open their rib cage and there I will devour them like a lion the wild beast shall tear them previously the lord had been a shepherd to israel and protected israel from the wild beasts from the lions and the leopards and the bears and all now the lord becomes the wild beasts that will devour israel these four beasts that are mentioned here are the same beasts in Daniel chapter 7, describing the four empires that will rule over Israel long after Hosea's time. In Daniel 7, if you remember, the lion represented the Babylonian Empire, the bear represented the Medo-Persian Empire, the leopard represented the Greek Empire, and the wild beast, I think it was called the destructive beast, in Daniel that's the Roman Empire. God will use these four empires. To discipline Israel. It goes on in verse 9 to say. Oh Israel. You are destroyed. But your help is from me. You can hear God's broken heart for his people here. Oh Israel. Israel. The Bible says God takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked. God loves us. He doesn't want to see anyone destroyed by their sin. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, into the world to die on the cross to save us from our sin. And here God says, oh, Israel. You're destroyed. You've destroyed yourself. It's self-inflicted. But your help. Your help is from me. God is so gracious here. He's still willing to help. Even though the nation is destroyed. He's still a very present help in their time of need. God is willing to help them. God is willing to rescue them. If they would only turn to him for help. But in their stubbornness, they refuse to turn to God. And their stubbornness, they refuse to ask for help from the Lord. In Psalm 146, verse 5, it says, Blessed are those whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord their God. And here the Lord is just being honest with them. You're destroyed. But I'm willing to help you. I'll be your help if you'll let me. And Israel In their hearts, they're saying, we're not destroyed. Things aren't as bad as you make them out to be. We don't need any help. We're fine. And yet here God offers to help them. God is willing to help us. If we would humbly turn to him. And ask for help. If you want to turn with me over to John chapter 14. I just want to show you a couple verses in the New Testament. We're here. Jesus talks about the ministry of the Holy Spirit and he calls the Holy Spirit the helper. The helper. God gives us the Holy Spirit to be our helper in life. Look at John chapter 14, verse 16. This is Jesus speaking. He says, I will pray the father And he will give you another helper. Note that, underline that. Another helper that he may abide with you forever. When it says another helper, it's talking about the Holy Spirit. It means another just like Jesus.
0: He asked me how I know and I say it true.
1: Thanks for tuning in to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Hosea, verse by verse, chapter by chapter. As you listen through this series, we encourage you to read on your own as well. If you're a parent, you understand the quandary of disciplining your child. You hate to do it, but because you love them and want to bring them back into a right relationship, you give them consequences for their sin. In a similar way, God acts justly because He loves the people He created so much. He wants to bring them back into a right relationship, but this requires judgment for sin. If you're ever struggling to understand God's sovereign ways, always look back to Scripture as your guidance for God's all-knowing example. Are you enjoying this study in Hosea? If so, visit our website, calvaryec.com, to hear more messages from this series. You can also subscribe to the Ring of Truth podcast. It's a great way to keep connected to the teaching of Scripture. We'll notify you each time we upload a new episode. You'll find a link to subscribe to our podcast at our website, calvaryec.com or just search for Ring of Truth in iTunes. While you're visiting our website, you might be interested in learning more about the church that supports this ministry, Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. You could even come join us this weekend for worship and Bible study. Once again, visit calvaryec.com for details. And thanks for tuning in to Ring of Truth. I see the
0: signs and I recognize the hands that crack. takes